0: Blog
1: Talk Radio Bringing you excellent entertainment from the king of DC media Here's the Inside Acting Radio Show Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome, welcome, welcome to another marvelous episode of the Inside Acting Radio Show. I am your wonderful host, the man with the master plan, the K-O-D-C-M, that's king of D.C. Media, William Powell. Welcome to another white-hot episode of this wonderful show. This show is going through a fundraising drive. Did you know that? We are raising money to stay in the air for another 12 months. So far, we have raised $299 of our goal of $468. To contribute to this show, go to www.gofundme.com. That's forward slash lgik K nine O. Again, that's www.gofundme.com forward slash L-G-I-K-9 and the letter O. Are you reading DC Actors Examiner? You should be. There are many great articles there about the acting business along with Q&As. And the way to navigate to the DC Actors Examiner is to go to Google and search for DC Actors Examiner and be sure to subscribe. Tonight's guest is Monique Candelaria, who has played in two iconic episodes of Breaking Bad, the Live Free or Die in 2012 and Felina in 2013, she's an actress and singer and she's also a dialogue coach for the new hit show, Better Call Saul. So I see she has joined us, so let me bring Monique on in. Good evening. Hi, how are you? Fantastic. Thanks for coming on the show again.
0: Thank you for inviting.
1: All right. Yeah, how's the weather out there in uh, Albuquerque?
0: Fickle as ever, I swear. It can't decide if it wants to be winter, if it wants to be spring or summer like every other day it's something different.
1: Hmm. Now go ahead and describe a day on the set of Better Call Saul.
0: So actually for Better Call Saul, I'm not on set. Um, The reason why they pulled me on board was they know that I had already been cast in Breaking Bad, and I was recommended by my agent and one of the casting directors here to um, audition to work with some of their leading actors. Um, And one of them was... Bob Odenkirk. And mainly it's because he's a lawyer. So every one sentence that one person says, he has 30, it feels like. He has monologues, you know, these huge blocks of dialogue. And it's, I mean, not to say that he's incapable of memorizing. In fact, any time that I work with him, he already has it memorized. He already knows what he's doing. Pretty much I'm, I'm a practice partner going through it, making sure that Maybe if there is one line here or there, it just becomes muscle memory. That way, when he's on set, it just rolls off of his tongue. He's not having to worry about what dialogue is because it's already set into motion. It's great working with him. I mean, he's a great person to be around, and he's humble. Every time that that I go to work with him, like, usually he'll end up, like, I always catch him right as he finishes, like, a bike ride going down some of our trails. So I think... For the most part like he likes it here because every time they come around he's like, Yeah, we're going hiking over here, we're going on this trail. So it's nice to see someone actually appreciate the new Mexican landscape.
1: Yeah. And how long is a typical day on set?
0: Um, for me, I whenever we work together it's maybe between a half hour to four hours. And it just it absolutely just depends on what scene we're working on and how long it is. So although I'm part of crew, I'm not part of a crew on their set where I'm seeing, like, everything that's going on. I'm part of their crew, but I'm not part of a crew to make the picture come to life. I'm part of the crew to get the work pre-done in the beginning. That way, when it comes to fruition, it's all there. (laughs) For an actor, we have tons of steps that we go through in order to learn dialogue, make it become us, to be in the moment memorize without memorizing to the point where it sounds rehearsed make it be part of character my job is to go in and be a practice partner so that way i'm looking at at a screen making sure that anything that he's saying is actually memorized correctly because as much as we would like to think that this character just rambles he has a lot of lines that he has to make sure that he gets pretty accurate so i'm there to make sure that he practices for however long he needs to make sure that when he's on set that it rolls smoothly. He's not worried about lines. So I'm not actually on the set. He's fully capable of memorizing all of this stuff, but when you're having to repeat 50 lines by yourself, you don't know if you missed one. So I'm there to make sure that if there's one that's missed, then we'll maybe run over it. But honestly, I mean, he's a skilled actor. If there's anybody that I've seen that's able to memorize their lines within a first glance, I mean, he's definitely one of those people.
1: Sounds like it's uh, kind of quality control, and that's, uh, you definitely want to... Vince Gilligan is a, is a pretty good writer, and that you want to be accurate. So do you get to work with Vince at all?
0: No, I haven't I haven't got to actually work with him, besides, of course, whenever I get his script and, <laughs> you know, get to work with other people with it, or with myself when I had landed, the, the part that I had landed on Breaking Bad, but, for the few conversations I have had with him, he is one of the most humble people I've ever talked to. I mean, he's genuine, and I think that's what makes these TV shows so magnificent is that everybody that's involved with them are humbling. Like, I mean, they're, you, you look at them and you see their success, and you are humbled by their accomplishment and the fact that they're so down to earth, and he's definitely one of those.
1: Yeah, that's uh, he's very, very talented. So now, is there any chance at all that we'll see you in front of the camera on uh, that show?
0: Honestly, I don't think so. Um, being that I was cast in Breaking Bad at the very end for the, the first episode, 501, which was um, Live Free or Die, and then number 516, Selena, um that was literally the end of Breaking Bad. So being at Better Call Saul is a prequel to Breaking Bad, if I'm ever in it, they would have to do all of this pre-stuff, show a different perspective all through the Breaking Bad stuff, and then continue on. Does that make sense? So if, if I ever do get an opportunity, it would be way later in the game.
1: So uh, moving along, so you got to tell me about what's going on with the hot chick and bald guy. What's going on there? That's still... Uh... <laughs>
0: well, on that music front, honestly, like we'll do private parties and wherever we get work here and there. So it's it's always something fun to do for sure. But right now I'm actually working with a good friend of mine that has a studio here in Albuquerque to put a studio band together that way um, for all the films and TV shows that are coming in instead of them having to search for music outside of New Mexico, that we can show them that we have a huge variety that we can provide here and create original music for them. So I've already contacted the people that I would like to create the studio band with. Everybody that I've contacted with is excited for it. So now it's just actually getting at least 6 to 12 different songs that, to show what we're fully capable of in different genres. And then that way we can market ourselves to the TV shows and films that are coming in here. And show what we're capable of doing. So yeah, so it's it's definitely gone in a different direction. So, hot chicken bald, bald guy, you know, they might they might have to be on the back burner, you know, of just something fun to do here and there. I think things are definitely progressing in a forward forward motion of um, how much creativity I can actually put out and and make it my own.
1: Well, I know you've done some modeling. So talk a little bit about uh, Matalo Gallery. How'd you get that job? <laughs>
0: Um I was part of La Loca magazine that had um done a couple of photo shoots last year and one of the photographers for La Loca magazine, um her other half or partner, um, he's the one who makes his original um jewelry. So pretty much uh, being that she's the photographer, she he's hired her to do a photo shoot showcasing his jewelry so it's really weird how the universe works it's like you do one thing and never expect it to go any further than that one project and next thing you know you have things lined up for the future that you never expected so yeah it was it was definitely fun and what i like is that they're just they're artsy i mean i got there we did some photos she's like hey i want to try something different do you mind if we use some body paint and i'm like no problem so we're literally creating as as we're there, and then you end up seeing photos later, and you're going, hey, wow, that actually worked, um, which a lot of the time it's a surprise to all of us. You know, you always have your safe shots where everything's clean and pretty, and then you have your experimental shots where you do things out of the ordinary and, and see how they come out.
1: <laughs> so now you've uh, actually written a little bit. Is that correct? And You wrote a short, uh, Enjoy It, She's Your Wife. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah. me, tell me a little bit more about that one
0: all right so um that that was back in 2009 i had just graduated from unm that was a summer right after i graduated with a theater theater degree emphasis in acting and um, the 48 hour film festival had come in and it's one of those projects where you have 48 hours where they draw out of a hat your genre, your character, your prop, and a line that you have to insert. That way they make sure nobody cheats. So within 48 hours, you have to write a script, film it, and edit it. So everybody that you end up making connections with, um, whether it's through school or whether it's your friends or whether it's people you've worked with in the industry, you get together to pretty much have two days of nonstop anxiety to make sure you get everything done. So that was the first time I had ever done a 48-hour film festival. And my friend Davey that was there had all of us grouped together and brainstorm what what kind of story that we could actually put together with the character props and, and guidelines that they had given us. And uh, Denise Gourlet is actually the one that came up with the main Um, theme for the story and then all of us together started inserting now being that I was one of the main characters I ended up um, doing a lot of my own writing and even writing as we were on set because we realized that we were short that we needed more dialogue because we had actually gone through it a lot faster so you I think you guys can actually still view it if you type in enjoy it she's your wife into YouTube um, with Lindale Media I believe it popped mm-hmm. up. You might want to just put it into Google. But, um, yeah, that was one of the first projects we had ever done, and it was a challenge in the sense that I wouldn't consider myself an extremely funny person, maybe maybe funny on accident, but not, not funny. <laughs> um, <laughs> not funny on purpose. So um, being that the genre that we drew was comedy challenged all of us because all of us are into Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter and, you know, the tree of life and these really dramatic, beautiful, like fancy free kind of stuff and we got comedy, so all of us were like, oh my God, none of us are comedians whatsoever. And to see that where our strong points were, um, I found that during that process that I'm I'm pretty good at dark comedy or dry humor. Things that are honest, um, that are end up becoming unintentionally funny is, is what um I ended up realizing that I, I'm not too bad at so um yeah, if you if you guys end up wanting to check it out, you can definitely look it up. It's you know, enjoy it, she's your wife, Linda Lynn Media, L I N D E L E and then Media, M E D I A. With the same people that I worked with then you can actually see our growth process because um as we learn new skills and as we keep going through time and, and improving our um our skill set, we actually started I'm not even started. We actually just finished filming our first feature film that we did do through the Union um, this last December. It's called The Garden. So if you guys type into Google The Garden 1.2 Lindale Media, um, you can actually see the trailer for that. So we finished shooting this December. We're hoping to have it completely being edited by June and look forward to putting it in film festivals by next year. So, yeah, I mean, if you look at the difference between where we started and, and where we're going, you can definitely see that there's a huge improvement.
1: Well, who do you play in that one?
0: I'm actually playing Pocahontas. <laughs> <laughs> so the main character, um, she goes through life loving her fantasy world. You know, she's loves to read, you know, and she, as she meets people, she pictures them as characters that she reads in her book. So, me as Pocahontas isn't really trying to depict Pocahontas in history or the real version of Pocahontas by any means. This is the main character's version of what Pocahontas would be to her. And pretty much it's just a journey in saying that people sometimes have a misconception that their fantasy worlds are better than their real ones, and by living in that fantasy, they end up kind of destroying what they have and uh, hmm. it's realizing that what you have can be a fantasy if you only allow yourself to see it that way. Definitely interesting huh. concepts, but it's beautiful work.
1: I know you did some other little shorts and films, things like one uh, was called uh, The Guest for Suki. Who do you play in that one? Oh,
0: The Quest for Suki. Do you remember yeah, the, the Clue game? Yeah. The game Clue? Okay, so for that yeah. one, I actually play Scarlet which is one of the Clue characters. Um, but that that film, I actually, I don't know what happened to it. There's a couple of them that I don't know what happened to. Um, Dark Around the Stars is one of them. If I look on IMDb, it shows that it went in, um was shown in Germany in 2013, but I've never actually been able to see it, and that's that I was cast in it. The Quest for Suki was one that was cast in that I've never been able to see. The ones that I've just done recently, I was in The Condemned 2 with Randy Orton from WWE. I just shot that this last um, December. And there's a new TV series that's shooting here called Dig. And I was cast in that one as well, playing a female Israeli officer. Yeah, but hey. my scene was with Jason Isaac. So it's, I mean, it's been. There's so much work that's coming to Albuquerque. It's actually quite unreal and exciting that a lot hey. of us are having the opportunity to audition for bigger and better roles. Where before it was primarily just cast in California, and then we'd kind of get whatever was left over, like bit parts, day player roles. Now that now that bigger projects are coming in, and we've established ourselves. Um, they're definitely allowing people to have bigger roles, which is really exciting, and I and I really can't wait to see what happens this year.
1: Yeah, it sounds like it's grown in the past year. I know I think I'd I asked you that question last year about the market in Albuquerque, and you ratted off some shows that had come there and things like that. It sounds like it's really exploded.
0: Yeah, you know, we've seen things come and go, too. Like um, last time we talked about Killer Women, and it right. looked like it was going to be something great, that it was going to be a great opportunity for female actors to um, show what they got. And instead, it showed one or two episodes and was cut. So it was it definitely wasn't a hit. Um, but in the meantime, you had we had Better Call Saul just come out, we had Night Shifts come out, we had Manhattan was shooting here, Dig just started up. I mean, we have a lot. The ridiculous six with. Adam Sandler is shooting here right now, so that's opened up a lot of opportunities for a lot of our actors that are here, as well as um, uh, the Tina Fey movie that's shooting here. It's really, I mean, it's kind of crazy how how much stuff is coming in, you know, and all of us are excited, but it's, it's great to see when all of us that have grown together as is, is a unit of, of actors. The, the acting pool is pretty small here. We, we pretty much all know each other, and it's, we're really supportive of everyone, it's like we all acknowledge that even though we're going for the same thing, we all have our own skill set, our own look, our own personality, and our own style that it's not about being threatened by one another, it's about being supportive and I think that's what's great about Albuquerque is that everyone here is really supportive
1: so uh the last time you told me a humorous story about your mom, actually Googled you and found something called Wiki so that's something that yes. still, you're still getting all kinds of weird things uh googled about you like that <laughs> um not
0: not that I've noticed I mean I still see see that particular site pop up every once in a while, but I think it's actually it it seems like there's there isn't anything like crazy crazy out there um I think probably this past year it's been just crazy to see what people have contacted me that are outside of the U S because of the episodes that they've seen of breaking bad that I was in. Um, and I think it's just mainly for the fact that when you live here and you know, it's shooting here, your world seems kind of small. Like it feels kind of like it's just in our little bubble to see that I had people contacting me from Australia, was kind of mind-blowing. It just it yeah. kind of shocked me in the sense of how far the reach really was and who's watching and who's actually paying attention to new faces.
1: And you mentioned L.A. So how do you uh, find yourself uh, going out there to reach or anything?
0: No. I actually had gone out there this last year just because a good friend of mine named Denise Gurule, she actually got became SAG eligible on Bless Me, Ultima with me. It was both of our first film that we were cast in. Together, and she decided to study at Stella Adler Acting um, Academy that's out there. So I had gone the first week, pretty much just to get things settled. And she came back with a plethora of knowledge. So she was actually only out there for eight weeks, but the knowledge that she came back with was just invaluable, you know, because it's it's a different way of viewing things. Even though I graduated from UNM, I did tons of studying. To see a different perspective than my own, and seeing how they they coincide together, and also how certain techniques are completely different but work towards the same goal is really interesting. So actually, LA, I don't go out there often. I'll submit to certain things that I'll see. Um, I know that my agent doesn't mind like submitting me for other things that are outside of here, but honestly, there's so much that's happening here. We're seeing waves of LA actors. Come here. I think it's one of those, like it's exciting to see that the industry is going, and it's also one of those, I don't want to say that we're biased, but you know, we can't help but get that, like, no, we started here and we're staying strong and we worked hard to get to a certain spot. So I'm like, hey, don't come in here and step on our toes. But that's not what they're doing at all. Like, it's there's <laughs> hopefully it's going to get to a point where there's just so much work that's coming in that. Um, we're all going to need to be existent that way all these projects can actually get shot and get off the ground without too small of a pull to pick from.
1: Okay, so we're coming near the end of the show. So talk about some of the projects you've got uh, coming up next, anything you have filming, anything that's coming out soon, and then just kind of wrap up with uh, how fans can uh, keep up with your career.
0: (laughs) I was lucky enough to audition and land a small role on the Tina Fey film, so that's coming up. I'm not allowed to say anything about it at all, not about what it's called, about anything that they've given me, so unfortunately, I I won't be able to, to give you guys any information on that, but as far as future things, because I do like to write, I have five scripts in mind that I'm working with a couple of my friends on, and I plan to at least... Have dedicate this year to completing them. That way next year I can actually start focusing on putting plans together to actually get it shot and, and put out. And I think it's just as, as we start getting older, we realize why am I waiting for the perfect script to fall in my lap when I can create it, especially when you have the imagination and the, and the ability to do so. So it's one of those things that if you don't work hard to move forward and... And make your life happy. Honestly, it's like once you start moving forward and doing things you like, it's like everything starts falling into place. And I, I truly believe that. So I, I definitely think that it's time for me to start creating a lot of my my own work as well.
1: Right. Fantastic. That's what's up. Okay, Monique. Thank well, thanks for coming on the show again. You've been a great guest. we will definitely calling you back. I know uh, Albuquerque sounds like it's just blowing up. And I know I predict great things for you. So uh, just uh, thanks for coming on the show again.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. You have a wonderful evening.
1: Okay. Good night.
0: All right. Goodbye.
1: And let me leave you, everybody, with this quote from uh, Tough Guy character actor Danny Trejo. He also played a a character on Breaking Bad. He's played in a lot of uh, movies. Uh, Good character actor. He's quoted as saying Hollywood wants a guy who can act tough. Hollywood don't want tough guys like